Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Mike here. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. I pray all is well with your soul today, and I hope you're excited to uh, get into the Word of God. Amen. And because we all need His Word. We need that boost to uh, get us through the day and the weeks and months and years that would be ahead of us. Amen. So uh, without further ado, let's just get into prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name, O Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful day of life, O Lord. This is the day that you have made, and we shall rejoice and be also glad in it. Heavenly Father, I pray that your precious Holy Spirit, O Lord God, will go to the homes and to wherever every single listener is today and just anoint them and touch them in your own special way. Open your eyes and ears that they may see and hear and understand your words here today, O Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Bless them and touch them in your own special way. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. We're going to get right to the word of God today. We have uh, some some really interesting material to cover today and, and it's about faith okay and 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 the lord knows that we need to have faith with all that is going on today uh, uh you know in your particular state your community you know this country the world for that matter there is so much that is going on and we need to make sure that we are well grounded in the word of god so that we don't get caught up in the hubbub and the turmoil that is going on so much across this country and across the world for that matter. We need to stay grounded in the Lord. Amen. So without further ado, again, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Praise the living God. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to start right with verse number one. Verse number one. Now faith, now faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Underline the word now, okay? Because now is saying that this is faith for now. This is having faith right now, this moment that you're hearing my voice, not have faith tomorrow, or I had faith yesterday, that was enough. This is now faith, okay? So when the word of God here is saying now faith, that means that we need to be in a state of constant faith constant faith, okay? Again, not that I've got this problem going on, you know, and, and come Monday morning, I've got some issues uh, going to be developing, so I'll have faith that they will turn out just fine Monday morning. Oh no, you need to have faith right now, okay? And this is a, a state of continuous faith. So it says, now faith is the substance of things hopes for, hoped for. A substance is, is the very essence, okay? It, it's the very uh, atomic structure, if you will, you know, of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. You don't know how things are going to turn out tomorrow morning. You don't know how things are going to turn out later on today. You don't know how things are going to turn out in the next five minutes. Jesus could return for that matter. Amen. Amen. So, so it, it's the evidence of things hoped for, the, the, the evidence, uh, the substance of things hoped for, I should say, and the evidence of things not seen. Verse number two goes on to say, for by it, the elders obtain a good report. For by it, the elders contain a good report. Through faith, through faith, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Okay, now, if you're a child of God, you know um, we believe in creation, okay, the work that God did. We don't believe in evolution. We don't believe in the Big Bang Theory, that all of this wonderful universe that we have just happened to blow up, you know, from some primordial atom and created all of this universe, okay? And even if, even if there was some primordial atom that started all of this, where'd the atom come from? 
Amen. Who created that primordial? Adam. Okay. But to get back to the scripture here, it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Okay. Now, it takes faith to believe that. Okay. Do we have any proof of that? Okay, the scientists have been battling that question for, for, for decades, for millennia, you know, for that matter, okay, those that would challenge the word of God. But it is simply by faith. It is by faith that I believe that what God said in Genesis 1, okay, is true. I believe that God formed the earth with his hands and formed the universe and spoke it into existence. I believe that by faith, okay? So it goes on to say it, um, the world was framed by God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, okay? The things that are seen, you know, this room, your room, where you are, you know, everything comes from the spiritual realm. You've heard me say that before, okay? Because the spiritual realm pre-existed the physical realm, okay? So the things that were seen were, were, were created out of things that are not seen, amen? The spiritual realm. Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse number four, by faith, Adam offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Okay, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his uh, translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch didn't even experience death, per se. He was simply, boom, translated, okay? And he had so much faith and trust in God that he pleased him. Six, verse number six. But without faith, without faith, without faith, it is impossible, it is impossible to please him. Simple as that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, okay? So how can we go through our lives and praying to him and, 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 and worrying about things and thinking about things that are going on and praying to God if we don't have faith? We simply cannot please him if we do not, if we do not have faith in him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. If you've come to God, do you believe that he is? Okay. Just, just don't believe that theoretically, oh yes, there's a God, there's a God. Do you really believe that God is and that God is indeed who he says he is? All right. Do you believe that he is? Okay. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay. Now, diligently, again, is something that you're putting some effort into doing. All right. You're not just sitting back and just, you know, by happen chance or by, you know, happenstance, or, you know, my life will work out. You know, God may do this. God may do that. You know, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll seek God tomorrow. I'll seek him. Well, I went to God yesterday. That was enough. I'll go to him later today. Okay. Do you diligently seek him? Okay. To relate this to something that all of us have been through, you know, was there ever anything in your life that you really, really desired? Okay. That you really, really desired. Be it a new car, a new house, a new gadget, where you were doing your research on the internet and everything, really, really going, going really into every single, you know, maybe, maybe you sat down with a pen and pencil, you know, doing your research. You were diligently seeking after that object, okay? <laughs> you know, many of us, many of us in our youth, or maybe not in youth, maybe later on in, in, in middle life or, or whatever, there was someone that you were admiring, someone that you were falling in love with. How diligently did you seek your wife? How diligently did you seek your husband? 
Okay, especially for us men folk back then, you know, you remember holding the door for her and so forth? You remember maybe bringing her flowers and all these sorts of things? Putting on your best cologne when you went for a date? You diligently were seeking after her. Okay, and you women, you did likewise. You put on your best makeup and maybe the, your best perfume and when you knew he was coming to call. All right, okay, okay. And you, so you did what you needed to do to diligence and you were hoping that things would come to pass. The point I'm making here is that when we really, really want something, when we really desire something, we diligently seek after that object, okay? We, you know, we don't, get, we, we don't get sloppy about it, okay? We don't get sloppy about it. We diligently go after it. So what the Word of God there is saying, again, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, diligently seek him. Verse number seven, by faith, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, by faith being warned of God of things not seen as yet, because God told him it was going to rain, you know, you need to build this boat. Okay, he didn't have any evidence of that, not seen as yet. As a matter of fact, um, Noah, if you look at the Bible where he lived, was, was a landlocked, uh, a landlocked area. There was no sea or water anywhere around him. Okay, and so he, God, God is telling him it's going to rain and you need to build, build a boat. But Noah, it says, being warned of God of things not, not as seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark, underline, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Okay, so even though God was telling him of things not to be seen yet, told him to build his boat, build a boat, Noah did what? He took action. He took action. He obeyed what God told him to do. He took action. It says that he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Okay? Okay? So God told him this, these things were going to happen. He trusted God and he had faith in him, even though there was no evidence around him of this being possible. Matter of fact, the word of God there, if you go to, uh, um, if you go to Genesis there, it talks about in those days, it didn't rain. It's the word of God says that, that, that there went up a mist, okay? okay? And then it came down to water the garden, all right? So in those days, it didn't rain. So Noah is like saying, oh my goodness gracious, you know, God, you're talking about rain, you know. What did he have? What kind of private thoughts did he have to himself? But still, though, he acted. He took action. He says there that he prepared an ark. He prepared an ark. Okay? So we see here that, that having faith in God, having faith in God requires some sort of action. Okay? Now, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit, but all of this I'm building a foundation to make a point here, okay? Now, I, I, I know obviously I cannot see you, but I'm going to say to you, by a show of hands, if you're sitting with other people in the room, perhaps, you know, uh, uh, close your eyes and then answer this question, who has faith in God? Okay? And just raise your hand, all right? Who trusts God? Okay, again, keeping your eyes closed. If you're with other people, I don't want you going by... Who else is raising their hands or might, might or might not be raising their hands, okay? So who has faith in God and who trusts God? And then I say to you, is there a difference, okay? Is there a difference? Again, if your eyes are closed, don't look around and see how people are answering, okay? Now, again, a show of hands, okay? Who believes that both are the same? Who believes that faith and trust are the same? Okay. Who out there that's listening, who believes that they're different? If you're by yourself and no one else is in the room, just ask yourself that question. You, you, you have trust in God? You have faith in God? You know, Are they the same? Are faith and trust the same? Or are they different? Okay. Well, there is a difference. And that's what we're going to look at today. Okay. There is a difference. 
and we're going to find out what that difference is. Okay? And I want to give you an illustration. I love to you know, tell little stories and whatnot. Imagine a cyclist, a bicyclist that rides on a, um, a tightrope okay, across Niagara Falls. Those that may not know Niagara Falls is this beautiful, powerful, for, uh, powerful uh, waterfall that's on the New York-Canadian border. Okay, and, and it's a powerful thing. You know, people go there you know, from all, all around the world. You know, people go there to get married and so forth like that, honeymoons and so forth. But if you look at the waterfall, you can go online and Google it afterwards if you wanted to. But there's a powerful range of water going there, and it's quite a distance. It's quite high up. It's elevated. Now, imagine a, a, a tightrope performer who has been known for riding a bicycle across that spance. Okay, he's been known, you know, he's like one of the, I don't know if you get those uh, tightrope walkers used to be in the uh, circus, but very uh, famous. But anyway, but he rides across this thing and he has a basket on the front of his bike. All right. And he's been known to ask for volunteers to sit in that basket on the front of his hand, on his handlebars there, as he bicycles across that tightrope, across the Niagara Falls. Quite dangerous, quite high, high, high up, okay? Now, you've seen him do this many, many times. It's been televised, and maybe there was a movie made about him doing this, and so you know he can do it because you've seen him actually do it, okay? But then also, all of a sudden, on this particular day that you're there visiting, you know, you're in the crowd, then you happen to be near the front, he turns and asks for a volunteer, and he points to you, okay? He points right to you and says, come on, why don't you get in the basket and ride across with me, Okay? Now, would you go? Would you, would, you, would you trust him to get you safely across that distance on that tight wire, tight rope wire? Okay, would you trust him? Now, you know that he can do it. You have faith that he can do it because you've seen him do it. You have faith that he can do it because you have seen him do it many times. But do you trust him to take you across that wire? So now we see that having faith, having faith is not quite the same as having trust. Even though you know he can do it and you've seen him do it, do you trust him to put to take you in that basket sitting on his handlebars across that distance safely? Okay? Amen? Amen. Well, we've had a lot of sermons on faith, you know, so we know about having faith. But in order for us to really, really understand and, and, and live the victorious life that God wants us to live, it's important that we understand the difference between faith and trust. It's important that we understand the difference between faith and trust. Amen? Now, faith is a noun. Faith is a noun. Faith is something that we have. All right? The Word of God says that I've given unto you a measure of faith. That means, that I said in one of my previous sermons, that you have the same measure of faith that I have. Just because I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, doesn't mean that I have any more faith than you have. Okay? We were both given by God the same measure of faith. Okay? Now, if my faith, if my faith, and I'm not saying it is, is any stronger than yours or greater than yours, it's only because over the many years that I've walked with the Lord and I've seen what He's done, I've seen what He's done, and I've trusted Him with my life, and he's brought things to pass, things that I thought were not going to be even possible, because with God all things are possible, okay? But over the many years, I've seen how God works. So therefore, I have faith in him, because I've seen how, how he works. You see, you see so, so faith is something that we have. We all have it. 
Okay, maybe I grew mine a little more than yours because of my level of faith, or maybe you've even grown your faith more than me. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, or you more than your, your your wife, or you more than your husband, or whomever the person may be. But we all have the same measure of faith. Okay, so it's important for it's important for us to know what that is. So, so faith is a noun, and and with this faith, faith as God reveals Himself to us, as God reveal, reveals Himself to you, you will develop this knowing. You'll develop this knowing of him in your head. You'll develop a knowing of God in your head, which is head knowledge. But then you will also develop a knowing of him in your heart, in your spirit. Okay? So that's head knowledge versus firm belief, spiritual belief. Okay? And that spiritual belief, that having that belief in him, it's the substance or it's the evidence of God and his love. All right? When you develop this, this, um, this unyielding faith in God that is more than just head knowledge, I know that he's God, okay? I know that he's supposed to do wonderful things, so therefore I have faith in him. That's head knowledge. When you get that deep in, into your spirit, get, get, get it deeply rooted into your spirit where there's a deep belief, that faith then becomes that evidence. It's the substance. It's the substance of the things that you're hoping for that are maybe not yet seen, okay? Okay, so this is the faith, okay? Hebrews 11, 1 that we just read says, says now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is, faith says, 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 I know him. Faith says, I know him and I believe. Faith says, I know him and I believe. Faith is believing in something without any visible evidence of it coming to pass. That's what faith is, okay? And you know when you've wrestled with that, when you've had a real critical point in your life with something going on and you really can't see the solution to the problem, okay? But you're able to sleep at night, you're able to get up in the morning and go about your business because you just have this thing in your spirit, deep in your spirit. You can't see the answer. You don't know how God is going to work it out, but you have this faith that he will. Amen? Amen? <laughs> oh boy, you know, thought just went through my, my head here, through my spirit. With all that's going on today in the world around us, both politically and both, uh, you know, as far as health is concerned and so forth like that, there are many uncertainties out there. And maybe we cannot see how the outcomes are going to be. We cannot see how things are going to be solved. We cannot see how God is going to work things out. But having faith is that you know that God is going to work it out. God is in charge. Now, I can't see what next week is going to be like. I can't see what next month is going to be, be like. I can't see what January 1 of 2022 is going to be like. I cannot see that. Okay, but I have faith because I know who God is and I know how God works. And I know how we as his children, as his children, how he loves us and how he will carry us through wherever things may be going. Wherever things may be going. Okay. Think back how far God brought you through before. Okay. We've had situations like this in this country, in your state, in your community, in your personal life. And God brought you through. You're sitting here listening to or listening to or standing or in your car or whatever, listening to this particular message. So you're here today. God brought you through. And that's the same faith that I have right now. The now faith that I have is that even though I can't see the solution, I don't know where it's going to go. I know that God's going to bring us through. Amen. I know that God is going to bring us through. Amen. Amen. So that's the kind of faith that, that we need to have. It says that I know him and I believe. 
Faith is believing in that invisible evidence of things coming to pass because we know that God is on the case. Okay? Right? But having faith is not the same as trust. Having faith is not the same as trust. So that's what we want to get into today. Trust, we talked about faith being a noun. Trust, as it is used in scripture, is a verb. Okay, and we know, remember from school, that verbs denote action. Trust is something that we do. Faith is something that we have, but trust is something that we do. Okay, trust is actually faith that is in action. All right, trust is faith that is in action. It is the manifestation, it's the culmination of our faith that manifests in our thoughts and our actions. That's what trust is. Okay. The faith that we have has to come into some sort of action. While faith says he can, or faith says he can, trust says he does. Okay. You may say God can, but you need to be able to say that God does. Okay. Okay. And that's the action on your part. It's moving from the, from the, from the pure, 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 pure faith that he can do this to the fact that he he will do this and that and that he he actually will actually do it okay and 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 that and that based on that belief and understanding this is how i will act i will act accordingly okay because i have faith and i trust that god can do and will do what he says that he will do Amen. Amen. If you start moving in that direction, then when you get up in the morning and you look at the news, you know, TV, newspaper, online or whatever, and it says blah, 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 your whole world doesn't fall apart because in your spirit, in your spirit, you gather yourself together in your spirit and you say, I know that God is on this case and that God is in charge. And I know that God can and will bring me, bring us through this. Amen. Amen. Faith and trust. Okay, you know, you know, it, it is far easier. It is far easier for us to have faith in God. It's far easier for us to have faith in God, but it can many times be harder to actually exercise strong trust in Him. Okay, it's almost easier to have faith because that faith says, "Yes, you know, I, I have faith in God to do this." Okay, but then trusting Him to actually do it, then okay, requires some action on your part. Okay, it requires some action. Right? So again, let's learn about what trust is. Learn about trust. Let's go to the book of James. Book of James. And we want to go to chapter 2. Book of James, chapter 2. Chapter 2, and let's go down to verse number 14. Praise God. Put on your seatbelts now. Here's some dynamite stuff. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Underline, please. Underline, works. What can it, does it profit, my brethren, though a man says that he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Can faith save him? Okay. If a brother or sister be naked, and destitute of daily food. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? Okay. 
So in other words, someone comes to your door and they're hungry and have no clothing and they say that they're, they're hungry and they're cold and, and you simply say to them, to, to them, go in peace, be ye warmed and filled, but you don't do anything. You don't give them food and you don't give them clothing to wear. What does it profit them or what does it benefit them? That person standing at your door, you may say that, oh, sister, my brother, go in peace and be warmed and be filled and you don't give them anything. That person stands there and looks at you, maybe like you're a bit crazy, and then walks away still hungry and still shivering. So what good did it do by you simply saying that? Okay, all right? Picture that in your mind's eye. Then it goes on to say uh, in verse 17, Even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. Okay, understand, underline. If it, if, if it has works, it is dead. If have not works, it is dead. It's false. It is dead. All right. Okay. So, so, so you telling that person to go forth and be warm and be filled, and you don't do anything about it. Okay. It's not benefiting anything. So, what this is saying is that faith, if it doesn't have any works, it's dead because it's alone. Okay. Right? It goes on to say here um, in verse eighteen: Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. And I will show you my faith by my works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Okay? So, so it's one thing for a person to say that, that, that thou hast faith, but I have no works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will say that because of my faith, I will show you by my, my works. Okay? All right, all right. I have faith that my, my, um, that my car keys on my desk can go down, open the car, open the door and get into the car and drive me to the store. I have faith in that. Okay. But actually getting to the store will not happen unless I do something. Unless I get those keys, go down, get into the car and drive to the store. Okay. All right. All right. So faith without works, without some action is dead. It's pointless. Okay. Now it, it gets, I'm going to show you where this really drives home to what, to what we want to go today. Um, 21, um, I'm sorry, uh, 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, so you can say that there's one God. Well, the devils believe that also. Satan believes that. Okay, but he, he refuses to do anything about it. Okay, I mean, in terms of going along with God, we know that's not going to happen. Okay, all right, okay, okay. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Underline that, please. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Okay, now, let's be clear of one thing, because there's this philosophy out there, if you will, that I'm a good person. I'm a good person because, because I give to the poor, you know, you know, I give away a lot of money and, and, and I do this and I do that. I'm on the deacon's board. I do this and, you know, I help people on my block, help people in my community. And because of that, I'm going to go to heaven because I do a lot of good stuff. There's not talking about that kind of works. Okay. Okay. There are people that believe that because I'm a good person and I do a whole lot of things without giving myself to Jesus. Without asking Jesus to become my Lord and Savior, without following God's word, that because of the things that I do is going to get me to heaven, is going to make me a righteous person, give me salvation, you know, and that's not that's not going to happen. So I don't think that that this works is talking about this about that, okay? 
These works is that you you having your faith and then not not acting on that faith. Okay, by you having faith in something, but you are not taking an action, especially the action that God has told you to take. A lot of those actions are right here in the Word of God. Okay, so if you got that faith and you know that there's something that you should be doing, that God wants you to do, and you're not stepping out in that faith to do it. Okay, yes, yeah, so I've got faith, I've got faith, I've got faith. If you're not doing anything to, to, to act on that faith, then according to this, faith without works is dead. Okay, faith without works is dead. Then we continue on in verse 21. Uh, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Okay, you remember that. God told him to, after he had waited so long for Isaac, and God told him to take him out there and to sacrifice him. All right. What must have gone through his mind? What must have gone through his spirit? But he knew God. He knew God. He had faith in God, and he said, I'm going to show that faith by doing exactly what God told me to do. All right. This He, he didn't, really didn't know what was going to happen. He just trusted God. He didn't know whether, you know, God was going to let him, you know, uh, kill his son and then revive him again. I mean, he didn't really know what was going to happen, but he just simply trust God and he was going to do what God told him to do. How many of us can do that? How many of us can hear the voice of God telling us to do something, be it pertaining to our house, our jobs, our car, uh, a family member, one of our kids, and we don't understand how the outcome is going to be? We don't understand what the outcome is going to be or how it's going to work out. How many of us can be strong enough to actually do what God is telling us to do? So faith without works is dead. Right? Abraham didn't hesitate. Wasn't that Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Okay. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect. Okay, because of his works, his faith wound up, be, wound up being perfected in that. Well, you know, the, the rest of the story there, just as he was about to plunge down the knife, the angel of the Lord said, stop. Okay, don't harm him. Untie him, take him down. And then he said, I have provided for you that sacrifice. He said, don't forget, Abraham thought he was going out there to sacrifice uh, um, Isaac to, to God as a sacrifice. And he said, no, don't touch him. I have provided a sacrifice for you. And the word of God said it was a ram in the bush. Okay. It was a ram that was stuck in the bush. That is what Abraham took and sacrificed. Okay, right. But he went through this in, in just faith, total faith. He was being obedient to the word of God. Faith without works is dead. All right. Okay. And then it says this, seest, 22 again, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, faith and his works, and by works was his faith, faith made perfect. Okay. So by his work, by his work of actually doing what God told him to do, made his faith perfect. Okay. Without that work, his faith would have been dead. Okay, verse twenty-three says, "And the scripture was fulfilled, which was which saith, Abraham loved God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God." You see then how that by works a man is justified. By works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Not by faith only. By works is a man justified, not by faith only. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had uh, received the messengers and, ha uh, and had sent them out another way. For the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. The body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Not my word, the word of God. 
Okay? If God was to take your spirit out of your body, wherever you are right now, wherever you're standing or sitting, your body would collapse. Your body cannot exist. Your body cannot survive without your spirit. The body without the spirit is dead. So, without works is faith dead also. Okay? All right? So, so we see here that there is something, again, this is not the works that people, you know, will say, and don't let people misquote these scriptures to you and misconstrue what these scriptures are saying. This is not saying that you've got to have works, you know, you know, to do things. No, 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 no. This is talking about your faith and then you performing a work, a work to justify that faith or to carry out that faith or to demonstrate that faith by doing what God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. There's, there's, there's a big difference. The person who claims to be a Christian but lives in willful disobedience to Christ with a life that shows no works has a false or dead faith. James is clearly making a contrast between two different types of faith. Okay, True faith saves and false, false faith is dead. Amen? Let's go to the book of Matthew. Oh, praise the living God. You know, I always say that, like, I love to chew on, on meat. I like to know of the meatier things of God, okay? And it's time for us to move from uh, pablum or from milk to the meatier things of, meatier things of God, okay? And those, uh, Matthew chapter 7, and the meatier things of God is what, uh, um, is, is what brings us closer to God and, 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 and brings us to a place that God can really start to reveal uh, deep, deep truths of himself. Reveal the mysteries of God, as the Bible calls it. Okay, when we desire to know the media things of God, you know, you know, many times we think that faith and trust are the same thing. Many times we think that because I have faith and don't do what God is telling us to do, that everything is okay. Well, well, it's not, according to the Word of God, not my according to the Word of God. If you don't act on what God is telling you to do, that faith that you say that you have in God is dead. Amen. Amen. So we want to go to Matthew, uh, Matthew 15, Matthew 15, uh, and we're going to start with verse number, I'm sorry, I'm messing you up, Matthew 7, Matthew 7, forgive me, Matthew 7, verse number 15, Matthew 7, verse number 15, okay, Matthew 7, verse number 15, beware of false prophets which come to you which come to you in, in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? You know, do grapes grow on thorns? Do figs, figs grow among thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Every good tree brings forth good fruit, but every corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down or cut down and cast into the fire. If you have a tree that's in your yard or in your garden that's not bringing forth fruit, eventually you just cut it down. It's just taking up space, okay? Verse number 20. Wherefore, by their fruits... You shall know them. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Let's read this again and please bracket this particular verse 21. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, 
shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Okay? All right. So everyone today, you know, that's out there saying, Oh, Lord, Lord, I'm a born-again believer, and, and I'm this and I'm that, and I'm so holier than thou, and so forth. All right? If you are not doing the will of the Father, okay, then you, it says there, He that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. But not everyone will enter into the kingdom. So we got to be careful, saints of God. We can't think that it's sufficient for us to merely, you know, just walk around saying how great we are and how much we love the Lord. Then you don't do what the Lord is saying to do. Amen. You don't do it. Okay. So the word of God says, you shall know them by their fruits. Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have not we prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. That's the other works that I was talking about. Done many other works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Okay? So that's Jesus. If you have a red letter Bible, those words we just read are written in red, meaning that Jesus is doing the speaking here. Okay? So what he's saying is, they, 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 didn't we prophesy in your name? Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Okay. So I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Okay? Because you, they... They did many works in their mind that they thought was good stuff, but they didn't do the works based on what the Word of God is saying, okay, or what God the Father is saying, okay? So it, it, so it, it makes a, dis, a difference. Many profess to be Christians, but their lives and their priorities indicate otherwise, okay? Jesus put it this way, by their fruits you will know them. Okay, many will profess to be Christians and you can stop and think around and I'm not asking you to be judgmental. I'm not saying to pass judgment on anybody, but by their fruits, you shall know them. Okay. How do people know you? What kind of fruit are you bearing? So that people that know you can say, yes, there's a lot of good fruit in his or her life. Amen. Amen. You see, you see, you see, you see so, so, so it's important that we not just be professing the word of God, but we do what the word of God is actually telling us to do. All right. While we're here in Matthew, let's go to Matthew 21. Oh, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And we want to go to verse number 28. Matthew 21, verse number 28. Praise the living God. But what think ye? But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, afterwards, he repented and he went. The father told him to go work. He said, I will not. But after the son thought about it, and he repented and he went. And he came to the second, second son, and said, likewise, and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Okay. So he told his father, okay, father, I'll go. I'll go to the vineyard. I'll go out there and tend to things. But he didn't go. The first one said, no, I won't go, but he repented and went. The second one said that I'll go, but then he didn't go. Okay. 31. Whether of them or which of them... Which of them two, it says twain, which of those two did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto them, verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. On the line, believed him not. God came to you. 
Jesus, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, John came to you in the way of righteousness. He was on a mission sent by God, but you didn't believe him, okay? But the publicans and the harlots believed him, all right? The publicans, I mean, these were, you know, the tax collectors and all these other people out there that were supposed to be, you know, so uh, they were really kind of against God. They were slow to believe. And the harlots, okay, they were slow to believe. But then it says, but the publicans, they came to believe him, okay? And you, when you had seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him, okay? So those people that at first didn't believe, they saw Jesus and they listened and they wound up believing in him. But yet those, the others, the they, they did not believe Jesus. They didn't believe him. Okay, so so we see here again. It's 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 it's, it's what we actually believe and we do in terms of what Jesus is telling us. The word of God here is filled. It's bursting at the seams with wonderful things and direction that God gives us for life. And we can say, you know, okay, God, yes, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. You know, and then you don't do what God is telling you to do. Okay. And even those of us, I mean, even myself included, you know, at one time, maybe you did not believe the way that you believe now. But at some point in your life, you repented like that first son. You repented and you started doing what the father was telling you to do according to his word. Again, there's the works in line with God's word, the works in line with your faith. Okay. The word of God says that if I do A, B, C, and D, then I have faith that God will do what it says if I do what I'm saying, what I'm supposed to do. So therefore, based on my faith in God and my trust in God, I will go and do what God is telling me to do. Okay? All right? That's the difference. That's the difference. Acting on our faith is doing the will of God. You know? Obedience to God by acting on your faith is the mark of true saving faith. Okay. Obedience to God by acting on your faith is the mark of true saving faith. James used the example of Abraham and Rahab to show the types of works that demonstrate salvation. And both of those examples are, examples are people who believed in God. Okay? And they believed in God in faith. That was the key. Okay? Abraham knew that he knew that he knew that if I just do whatever God is telling me to do, Okay, God will do whatever it is that he's going to do, but I know it'll be a good thing. I know it'll be a right thing. This is where you have to get to, saint of God. Okay? Saying that you have faith is not enough if you're not acting on the word of God. If you're not acting on what God is telling you to do. Come Monday morning, or if you're listening to this on a Sunday, come Monday morning, or maybe even Sunday night. You know, in your prayer time, God may tell you, come Monday morning, this is what I want you to do. That issue that you have out there that you're wrestling with, this is what I want you to do. Now, the, act, the thing is that you have to act on what God is telling you to do. Because without you taking that action, without those works, then the faith that you claim that you have is actually dead. It's not there. Amen? 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 So as we move into these uh, challenging, challenging times, let us just continue to have faith in God, knowing that he isn't going to, he is going to bring us to where he wants us to be. And even though we can't see, we don't know where things are going. We cannot and not always see the solution. Okay. We need to just keep having the faith in God and also have the trust in God to do exactly what it is he's telling us to do. Okay. And the word of God guarantees that if you do that, okay, that indeed your faith will will come into full fruition and whatever it is that you're praying for and hoping for will indeed come to pass. 
And most importantly, you'll be pleasing God because the word of God we just read says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay. So you want to make sure that we're pleasing him and that we're doing all that we can to live the life and to do what it is that he wants us to do. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Amen. We have to have faith and then also trust him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray this message was a blessing to you. And as we close, let us just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we spent with you, Lord God. And we pray that as we go through the balance of the day and evening and through the week ahead until we gather here again next time, Lord God, that we shall keep these words deeply planted within our spirits, that they cannot get stolen away when challenges and tribulation arise in our lives, O Lord God. Let us always remember to have faith in you and to trust you, Lord God. And to take action when your word dictates to us, dictates to us to take those actions. We praise you, Lord God. We magnify that most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Go forth this day and be blessed in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. All is good. All is good and all is good. Have a blessed afternoon, day, and week ahead in the name of Jesus.